You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Hey guys, it's Sammy J, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Let's Be Real podcast. You guys, do you know what's crazy? This is our season two finale. I still can't believe that. I can't believe we've had two seasons of the Let's Be Real podcast. It still feels like a dream to me. I'm so grateful that you're listening, and I'm so glad that we get to end season two with the amazing Rachel Platten. Now, you might know her from her mega hit fight song, but she is one of the most inspiring and creative people I've talked to. We talk about her new song, Soldiers, which is out now, which you should listen to. We talk about her children's book, How to Stay Creative, How to Get Out of a Creative Rut. Meditation, manifestation, she may or may not walk us through a manifestation meditation exercise. That was a mouthful. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Again, I love this episode so much. Don't forget to subscribe, and I hope you enjoy it. I am so excited to have you on my podcast, Rachel. You're so welcome. I've loved your music for so many years, but just beyond your music, you are one of the very few people that are so honest and vulnerable and authentic. And that's something that I've, that was a catalyst for me starting the podcast. And you had to wait a long time for your first hit. What was it? Over 13 years? Yeah. Yeah. You had to wait a minute. And I feel like we are in a time where we very much have to practice patience for the world to get back to normal you know patience better than anybody. So what advice do you have for just patience? Because I think we all need it right now. Oh, it's such a good question. And I, I honestly, I probably need my own advice too, because I don't really feel like I was that patient during the time. I just more, um, 
I could, I was strong. Like I could deal with the the failure and the setbacks and the rejection well. And then I did, and I'm like a good comeback kid. Like I'm not all enlightened and know everything and figured out. But one thing I can do well is quickly um, realign myself and like figure out again how to pick myself back up and get myself back on my feet. And it's so funny because I'm teaching my toddler right now patience. And it's a whole other say, set of patience. Yeah, we say the word all the time. And watching it in so many different forms in the way that we've had to be patient this year with, um, you know, missing people and missing our normal lives and the struggle that obviously you and I are going through, but other people are affected even more. And there's just so much that we're all missing and have had to sacrifice and give up right now. And some of it's for the better. I mean, I know that there's benefits to it, but I think my advice right now, oh my goodness, would just be, and I'm doing it myself every day, A, come up with a gratitude practice to be in the moment and appreciate the little things and the things that we do have rather than the stress of what we don't have. Like yesterday I was feeling really lonely and missing my family. They're on the East Coast and I wanted a hug so badly from just a girlfriend or a family member. But I realized I did a little meditation and I centered myself and I realized, you know, I've done so much work. I can be that loving presence for myself. I can put a Mm -hmm. hand on my heart and give myself the nurturing that I need. And even give myself a hug. It sounds silly, but, you know. I, you like, can do this, it. I can <laughs> give myself the love that I'm seeking. And um, I think maybe the the lesson is, like, finding, yeah, what we do have, not what we're lacking. And in general, I think it's a beautiful lesson because it reminds us that we have so much to give. And often we're looking to receive and get. But we forget all the power and love that we have to give in our own hearts. I think that's so true. And I feel like we're in a time where I've been trying to figure out a, a form of self-care. I'm not sure what that is at the moment. Um, I've been applying to college the first semester. I've been doing five classes. I'm still in high school. I've been balancing oh the podcast during a pandemic. It's been really wow. interesting. And I think I'm very drained at this point. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't imagine. It's hard. But I've tried... Um, meditating and I can't focus for that long. What advice do you have for that? Because you seem very into it. <laughs> I am into it, but I don't know that I was into it at 18. I think I think it's tough when you're younger. And unless you've grown up with the, it being a common thing that you're taught, I'm trying to teach my two-year-old now to take mm-hmm. deep breaths and like I'll like do a meditation and I'll have her sit on my lap and just be comfortable with the being still with yourself without doing anything. And obviously – she can last maybe like realistically a minute and a half or two minutes. Before That's she impressive like, for a two-year-old though. I think it's imp- – I mean it's pretty cool. Um, but I think it's really hard if you haven't grown up with it. I think I, my mom introduced me to yoga when I was 17 or 18, maybe right around your age, and I was feeling so much stress. I remember that age is really, really confusing and hard. And <laughs> yeah. Harder than we give it credit for. It's like it's so much pressure. To, you're supposed to. You think you're supposed to figure out the whole entire rest of your life, and you think these certain set of decisions are going to dictate. But the truth is, Sammy, at least for me, I had no idea what path my life was going to take when I was 18. I planned it in one way. Think there are always open doors that come. There's all these like these miraculous opportunities that show up, and I think you just take the next best step and take the pressure off a little bit and just say what feels good for right now, not what's going to be like my you know life plan in 10 years. Yeah. It's just so much stress. Okay, but anyway, no, don't need that advice. Meditating. No, <laughs> no, I do because I feel like we're in this place. If you're a senior right now, you probably understand where, you know, we're applying to colleges that we've never even visited. And so we're determining oh, where we're supposed to go. There are these virtual tours, but you can only get so much out of that. Oh, that's so crazy. I have to decide by May 1st, like what I'm going to be doing next year when I have no Dang. idea what that is. Oh my God, that is, I didn't even think about that for you guys. Yeah. That is really hard. There's so much you get from the energy of feeling a place and feeling if you fit into it. And like even just going into a cafeteria or like a library and seeing, is this like my vibes? This feel, I'm really sorry that you're having to go through that. You know, but we compare, I'm so lucky that I am able to have the opportunity to go through it and to have, I'm lucky to be able to be stressed about it. You know what I mean? Because so many people don't even get that opportunity. Um, But I have lived in New York my whole life. I go to school in New York. And it's doing school online at home in an apartment is what's 
stressful. Where, where did you grow up? Oh, my God. I really feel for you guys. I can't imagine what that feels like to have to do homeschool. I've seen it. My my friends who are moms who are trying to put their kids through homeschool, but I don't know that many um, high school age kids who are, like, having to deal with it. And it, Well, now I you really, know. Honestly, I am so sorry for all of you. It's ho- sounds horrible, but I love that you. I love that you shifted yourself. Even that like shift from like, oh, this is a problem, and this is something that is hurting me. To how lucky you are, I really think that mindset is so integral and important in how we're able to have you know keep our mental health, keep he- mentally healthy. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Boston, right outside of Boston, and I actually moved to New York when I was um, twenty one. Where in New York? I lived all over. I lived, um, when I first moved there, I was in the Upper East Side, and then I was down in the village for years, for like seven oh, years. So fun. Would you ever move back? I don't know. I was there for 12 years, and it was a really beautiful time. I was just talking to my friends the other night about the scene, the music scene in the West Village. Did you guys yeah. ever check out shows? And like, I don't I, know if it was around the Bitter End or the Red Lion or... Rockwell we never, we didn't really do that um, growing up, but it's, as I've gotten older, I've been to a few shows downtown and it's, it's the energy where it's in a little place, but it's so electric and it's even more special than the big arenas because you feel yes. this connection that I don't think a lot of people realize. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you do. Yeah, that's exactly it. That was what I came up. That was the scene that I came up in and that infused how I look at arena shows now. Like the the smallness and the intimacy and the connection of those tiny little clubs that are like candlelit where, you know, maybe it was like five or 10 people in them sometimes. So I was playing um, piano like covers for three hours <laughs> to try to make my rent. Um, but it was, there'd be this like electric moments if I played a song that everyone loved where everyone's singing along in some stuffy, tiny little New York City bar. It's and it's the most, magical. It's, that's, a, I felt like, I saw Julia Michaels. Um, it was more than, it was a couple hundred people, but it was still in this small venue in uh, downtown New York. And it was, she went into the audience and it was, she was singing her song Anxiety, which I was like the first song. I was like, whoa, I relate to this. Mm. And it, everyone started screaming. And it was like the most, ma- I felt like it was magical. Ooh. And I've never experienced that before. And I think that's the power of music. Do you remember when you first realize you're like music I want to do this um yeah I was in Trinidad at the time so I went to school at Trinity College in Connecticut and um I wasn't doing I wasn't pursuing music I didn't really grow up with the belief that like I was that special or talented I grew up in outside of Boston and it was a really heavily focused on education, like go to graduate school, yeah. be serious. I didn't really know a lot of artists. And so that that path didn't seem like very realistic for me. And I also wasn't, I wasn't like always getting the solos. I wasn't like that special. <laughs> I had a good voice. So it was fine. <laughs> My parents liked it. But <laughs> <That's good. laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really nice. Um, but I went to Trinidad when I was a junior because there was some presentation in one of my international relations classes. I was an international relations major, by the way, in case you're curious. Wow. And, and I was um, in one of my classes. They, were, they did a presentation on Carnival in Trinidad. And they were like, music infuses all of Trinidadian life. Music is the soul and the heartbeat. And something in me, I mean, I'd always been in choirs, acapella groups, and I played piano since I was five. And so music was a part of my life, but I'd never put it first. And hearing this presentation and feeling the pulse of of um, a country that was like kind of born on music and spoken music. And, you know, I, I don't know, something lit up in me and I was like, I need to go there. And so I went to Trinidad for an abroad program. I ended up staying um, throughout the summer and I joined a band when I was there and it was a soca band, which is soul meets Calypso. And um, I ended up, my first like real concert concert was on stage in front of 80,000 people at the International Soka Monarch Finals. That's a little intimidating. Bananas. Okay, I did not feel intimidated. So I got on the stage and all of a sudden I felt this, I don't know if you felt this moment in your life. Actually, you probably have because you're doing it. But I felt this moment of true calling. Like, I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is who I am. I was not able to hear it before because I was scared. 
but oh my goodness, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. And like light, light bulbs went off everywhere. And I was like, I need that mic in the front of the stage. Obviously, I didn't go grab it. But, <laughs> but that's the most magical thing because I know exactly what you're talking about. After I had like one of my first interviews, I was like, whoa, I don't know what this feeling is. But this feels like I, I, I feel like at home in a weird way. Yes. It's a weird feeling, but it's great. Sammy, you know how lucky you are to have that feeling so young? It's really a gift. I, I, it just feels like, I feel like I've always been a lot older than my age, even when I was young. Um, I feel like I was like a 30 year old, uh, in a 12 year old's body. Um, <laughs> and so I never really, I didn't like the middle school, the high school, just the, the priorities, the shenanigans, yeah. the gossip. It was yeah. so, um, ridiculous to me getting swarmed yeah. up and wondering about who's invited to this party and I always felt like there's something so much bigger going on yeah. um and I just that's how I created my podcast my anxiety was an all-time low my sophomore year and if you have anxiety you probably know distraction it can be your best friend um and so I started listening to podcasts and I couldn't find anything I related to so then I decided to create one just for fun because again distraction here we are today it's season two Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? Very incredible. Wow. I hope my daughter's like you. I really do. And it's it's all that my husband and I wish for her is that she um, finds something that she loves and we don't care what it is, but that she pours her heart into it. Yeah. And honestly, I know it, it is hard and I felt the same way growing up. Like I don't quite fit in to the, to the agenda here. I don't get it. In middle school, I wasn't very popular. Um, I've never really told anyone this part before. I don't think I was ever asked, but I... I, I wasn't bullied, but I just, no one, I wasn't. You felt like the odd man out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I just, I just didn't get it. You know, the kids were like smoking cigarettes under the bleachers before school because that was cool. And See, for this, just, for New York, it was vaping in the bathrooms. That's what the equivalent was. Don't vape, I, kids. Don't I, vape. Don't do it. I mean, don't do any of it. It's just like, or you can, if that's your truth. That's fine. <laughs> We're not judging. <laughs> be, no judging. Be you. But if that's your truth, maybe you, everyone has to take their own path to getting to where they are. But you know, for me, and I, I would, like, just didn't get it. I was like, why are we doing this? Why can't we be kind? Like, why isn't being nice cool? Why isn't, Bigger you know, things are tr- happening. Trying. Yeah, yeah, why isn't trying cool? Like, I was, I wanted to do well in my homework and do well in choir, and it was so dorky, and I, I just. I was always petrified uh, of, like, authority. I was the one, I couldn't skip lunch if they counted. I was that kid that. Yeah, me too. I was so afraid of, I'm still this way. If anyone, <laughs> I'm so sensitive that if anyone Same. criticizes me, I will just burst into tears. It's like so ridiculous. <laughs> I, I Honestly, this is like one of my favorite things because when I started the podcast, I just felt so alone. And I've realized oh. people that I look up to and artists like you, you know, we're so similar and people don't realize yeah. that you're human. And I feel like if you have any type of social media following, you're put on this pedestal as if you're not a human and it makes me so mad. So I, how have you dealt with that? The social media fakeness and all that. I have a love hate relationship right now with social media. I'm saying I'm not doing a great job with it. I mean, thank you. I'm so glad that you feel like I am. And I, and I get so many comments like that, actually, like, thank you so much for keeping it real. But the truth is I, I've watched myself like lose followers since not playing the right game like since not posting like the cute outfits and like the perfect makeup and like the things that I was posting before and I've watched myself lose followers and it hurts my soul because I'm like wait I'm doing the wrong thing but I'm actually doing the right thing because I'm speaking my truth and just like being like hey today I feel like shit or today I'm anxious or sorry for this word today I'm we can curse on here okay (laughs) um I'm I don't know like I I struggle with it because on the one hand sometimes I wake up and I'm like Oh, dang, I have a platform. It's my responsibility to share how I feel. But but you're human, I, too, that wants but, privacy at the same time. I want privacy right now, especially because I'm going through a lot and I'm making an album. And I really don't know how to do the same to them at the same time. Like, I don't understand the artists. More power to them that can, like, continually create content and fill their wells enough to create. Maybe the kind of creating I do, um, I, I don't... I hope this, I don't mean to sound like I'm not special or more special than any other artist, but I, I go really, really deep. I like have, they're like journal entries. A lot of artists do this. Yeah. But for some reason for me, maybe, I don't know. 
at least this time, I've been I've had to excavate so much and almost go into this cocoon to really like go through my dark night of the soul and and feel like I don't know, becoming a mother, all these changes, dealing with fame, whatever, you know, yeah, the highs and lows of all of it. Um, I've really had to go deep and it's been really hard for me, honestly, to then share publicly at the same time. So be like, have a good day, doing... friends. I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing the best I, job right now. I'm no, trying. But, but it's fine that you're not doing your best. I'm in a weird place, too, with social media where, you know, I'm trying to think of it more as um, as for my career than for, like, being a teen. But at the same time, I am 18 years old. And then I yeah. do have that social media pressure of anxiety and seeing, having oh. FOMO and all that. So I'm trying to find this balance where... I need to grow in order to technically have be more successful because, you know, companies look at your followers. But at the same time, my mental health, I try not to look at it. I am the same way. It's really, really tough. I wonder how many people listening feel the same way that we do and wish there was a solution. I because if I mean, I feel like there's more of us than just you and I. I feel like it's a really Can we all talk? thing. It's not talked about. I know. I try to talk about it. And then I feel like, oh, I guess I shouldn't criticize social media on social media. That's a little silly. No, I know what you mean. But you know what? I think that I've watched also, I've also watched friends who are really have excellent mental health and excellent relationships with social media. I've tried to learn from them a little bit more. And and when I'm really, when maybe I'm not creating like an album, I'm better balanced and able to live, I'm able to live my life and share my life at the same time. But at the same time, you have a two-year-old and you're creating an album and you're in a pandemic. Girl, thank you, Sammy. <laughs> no, but people, people need to realize that. It's this weird. You know, someone balance. gave me advice. They said um, the best thing to do is share and then observe, share, observe, share, observe. And the observe is not observe um, uh, what hurts you or what makes you feel bad, but observe how it all makes you feel. So like. For instance, if I'm following and I'm following a ton of fellow musicians, I'll feel FOMO too. You know, I'm I I didn't grow out of it either. I don't know that we ever truly do. And I'll look and I'll be like, oh dang, they're doing this, or they look, oh look how cute they look. Look at their abs. Oh dang, you know, just whatever. What's that like? (laughs) (laughs) Just the feeling that we're all we all have. Yeah. Um, I I use my meditation practice then to watch that feeling. And this is where, ooh, I actually do want to share a little meditation thing with you. This is what I think um, where meditation can be really beautiful because it isn't necessarily about trying to quiet your mind. For me, it's about watching my mind and being the observer because the waves of our minds are going to keep going, you know? Yeah. They're not going to ever stop. That shatter, that anxiety, that's just what a mind does. It's natural. It's called monkey mind in Buddhism. It's just what a mind does. Oh, I love that okay you don't need to stop it but what meditation has helped me do is realize that i am not the mind i am not those waves going up and down i am actually part of the ocean i am the ocean watching them and so i sink beneath the thoughts in meditation i just let them go on but i just go to a deeper place that's beautiful wow thank you Okay, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to take you up on your offer to try some meditation during this conversation. I also want to talk to you about where and how you find creative inspiration for your music and, of course, your mega hit, Fight Song. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. 
Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. It's hard to start your career and be a musician. Like you said, you were performing in front of 10, 15 people. But I think that's so special that you were content with that. How have you dealt with, um, as humans, you know, we always want more. And we keep trying to chase something else, even when we get to it. How have you, have you found a place of contentment? Or are you still working on that? These are such good questions, Sammy. Thank wow. Um Sorry, I needed to process that one. I think in some ways that 
is almost like this mountain that is never ending in my life. It's like, but there are plateaus. So I did reach a point three years ago, right before I had my daughter, where I had been hurting so much because I wanted so much more and I wasn't able to get so much more, even though I already had had a crazy amount, according to anyone who would trying to, you know, achieve a musical success. I had sold 10 million records. Like what is, you know, what's wrong with my mind that I can't understand and register that's enough. So it was so much pain and so much not enoughness and so much trying and, and like looking for that feeling of fulfillment outside of myself that finally it just cracked, like it collapsed. And it was really a painful, like they all are, it was a painful growth. And I went on a really incredible trip, like a spiritual trip with friends. And on that trip, I climbed this mountain. Where did you go? To Israel. Oh my God. I'm going to go with my brother for birthright. Ooh, it was so amazing. I'm so excited. It was so incredible. And I climbed Mount Masai, which is the, I hope I'm getting, I think the Trail of Tears. Mm And at the top of it, I had been feeling so angry at God. Like, why didn't you, you, you took me so high. You gave me like two hits and then, you know, albums sold and all this success. And then I put out this album, this next album that I loved so much and it really didn't do very well. And it was really hurt and confusing to my ego. And I was so mad. I was like blaming and looking around like whose fault is it? My publicist's fault. And all blah, blah, blah. Just becoming someone that I'm not. I didn't get there yeah. by being that person. I got got there by being the kind like full of light, love, soul that I am. But I was turning into this, I don't know who it was, some like crazy fucking yeah. monster. And I, and all this blame and anger and I climbed the mountain and at the top of the mountain, I had friends that were so amazing and supporting me and helping me all throughout this. And this was a long journey of therapy and everything. But by the, by the time I got to that mountain, something cracked open and I just started sobbing and it shifted. It's talking about what we talked about earlier. I shifted from anger to gratitude. And I had this big, huge realization that, oh my God, like everything in my life, this was not happening to me. This is happening for me. If I continued down this path of success at the rate that I was going, I was going to become someone that I didn't like. My family didn't like my friends didn't like someone I didn't want to be in the world. Who cares about fame? If you are not a good, kind person, none of that matters. So true. And, and I was becoming someone that I did not want to be. And so I realized at that moment, oh my God, this was a humongous, beautiful door shutting so that I could pause and be still and take stock of who are you, Rachel? What do you want? What's your true intention in this world? And it was just like sobbing tears of relief and gratitude. Like, thank you. Thank you for stopping me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I did reach a point then of deep appreciation and enoughness. And that lasted about a year. And I had my daughter and it was beautiful. And then I just put an Instagram post up about this. The stillness allowed and like the, the rest allowed that natural fire to come back. And it then was an organic wanting more. It wasn't a needing more from an ego place. It was like, oh, wait a second. I have more to share. I just birthed a human. I just went through a whole dark night of the soul. I have so much to share with the world again. And now I want more, but from such a place of love, like I want to share more because I have more love to give, you know, like I don't need more fame. I just want to share more truth and love. And and that's when you know you're doing it from the right place. And I feel like, especially during the pandemic, it's hard to stay creative when every day feels like it's Groundhog Day. Um, Dude, yeah. I'm in a creative rut myself. Do you have any advice? Because it's a struggle. Ugh. I don't, I, I was too. And then I went through a huge creative surge and now it dried up again. So I'm totally understand. Yeah. I I think my biggest advice is that artists in general, we're like volcanoes. People think that we're unstable, but actually the volcano is the most stable force in the world. In order to, you know, birth all that lava, you have to be so stable. So we are, creative people are stable, but we have to remember that creativity comes in these gigantic, like, yeah. And then it dries up. And that's just the way it goes. That's just the wave and the, the rhythm of, of a volcano. And kind of the acceptance, the, again, the acceptance of what is, is what my meditation practice has taught me too. 
is like it sucks but when you're like okay i guess it just isn't my creative period and then yeah just kind of the the compassion for yourself like this hurts it hurts an artist when you don't get to be in the creative it feels incredible to yeah. be the volcano erupting it really is painful when it dries up <laughs> yeah so so the compassion for yourself and then i think my other piece of advice to get the creativity going again is to just at least what i do maybe you'll tell me what you do but I just soak up all of life, like through podcasts, music, movies, books. I read tons of books, walks, nature, hikes, the ocean. I just let all of life kind of whisper to me. Yeah. And I just take it easy. I've had to do this recently. I just like literally stop forcing the faucet. I stop trying to like, stop trying to write. I just like quiet it down, journal, be still, and then let it bubble up back up again organically. That's what I'm hoping happens with me. Um, it, it's hard though. It will. That, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping it, it, that was it. You know what I mean? Like, what if that was it? And there's no more creativity. Oh coming. my God. I Have talk you... about my therapist. I talk about this with therapist all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that is our biggest fear. That's all creative people's biggest fear. When it dries up, you're like, well, that was the, that was it. Was that the I hope I enjoyed the right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's not though. I can tell you, even though I had that fear literally last week, um, <laughs> It's not, though. We know better. I mean, I've lived a little longer, so I can tell you I have more experience with the comings and goings of how it interrupts, but um, it never is. It's never the end. Yeah. You'll always, you'll have more. And Oh, my God, Sam, you're going to have so much more. And any artist listening, there's so much more to come. You just have to, we have to be patient with ourselves and kind. That's what's hard. <laughs> I it's, know. It's, it's, it's perseverance. It's terrible. But I, I think when you wrote Fight Song, because... It's such a beautiful song. I know you've heard that a million times, but thank you. When you've when you wrote that, you know it came from such an honest place of like, do you persevere in this moment in time? How do you continue fighting? How did you end up writing that song? Thank you so much. Um, I was at a moment of really being kicked down and like thinking dude, this is really getting pathetic that I'm still trying to make music. I'm like, I was 31 or something at the time or 32. And I'd been trying for, like you said, like 12 years and without any success. And it was just painful. And um, I was coming to a moment of like, I really need to face reality, probably. Like my friends are all... But what made you doubt that if you were going for so long? Was it like a run out of steam or was there a certain moment? I think my publisher called me. I was signed to Sony ATV. That was like a blessing that I had mm-hmm. gotten signed, got a publishing deal. So that was like one, you know, I had little markers throughout the 10 years or 12 yeah. years that like kept me going. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, I have a publishing deal now. Oh, okay, I got this tour. Oh, okay, I have a little song on the radio. Like I, I had a manager at that point that was, uh, it's tough because in some ways it was such a blessing and he was incredible for my for my art. But in the other time it was a little emotionally tough you know he was it wasn't the most emotionally healthy relationship yeah. and um it wasn't like he wasn't using the best tactics to encourage someone and so I think it was just wearing me down like the way that he was kind of giving me attention and then withdrawing it like an honest like unhealthy you know relationship relationship yeah. but it was manifesting in my man- man- manager relationship and I think the rejection of that of feeling like oh I suck what might have been the thing that finally made me feel like I can't do this. So anyway, I reached that point of just like, and I also think my father and my, I know we were talking about our dads. I think my dad, who was such a believer. Okay. I should dial that back. Okay. Well, maybe not such a believer, but loved me so much and was like, if that's what makes Rachel happy, um, even they, my parents were kind of like, what are you doing? Like, honey, what are you doing? And that's hard got, to hear. Oh, so painful. I got this, um, my grandfather passed away, had passed away right around that time. And I remember I was praying or manifesting or some some kind of version of that. I needed money for this recording. Like, I needed money. So I was totally broken. Um, I needed this exact amount of money to, like, give to a producer to try to produce Fight Song, actually. Yeah. Wow. And I – my grandfather passed away and my dad called me and he's like – and we didn't – he didn't – my grandfather wasn't, like, a rich man. It was a little – he lived in a tiny little house. Yeah. My dad called me and he said – you're never going to believe this, but your grandfather left you the exact amount of money. And that was the sign from God, like, okay. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Like, I'm supposed to keep going. And that money was the first production I used for Fight Song. I skipped how I wrote it, though. I'm so sorry. 
No, you still want to hear that? Okay. Sure, I'll hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I just okay. So I was driving in Mal, uh, Malibu. I think I was on the way to a session, and my publisher called me, and she said to me, "You have been doing everything but telling your story in these songs. You're sending. You've been sending me songs for years, for like four years. You have not told me exactly your story. You have said all these other things and danced around it. Tell me your truth." who are you? Like, what has kept your little fire going? And I was so frustrated because at that point I was like, like every artist, I was like, I have told my story. I've told my <laughs> yeah. story. <laughs> and I got to this session and I just was so frustrated and angry and like, and I just got to that piano and all of that passion and the years of, I don't it know. came out? Just, it just came out. It came pouring out, that chorus. And the co-writer, Dave, he just sat there kind of like, yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> like keep going yeah, that. <laughs> but then that song took me uh, quite a while longer to, to finish I didn't I had to get the verses it took the I sorry excuse me I had to write like 10 more versions of the verses until wow. I got it right so it's another story about patience in itself but um that's where it came from wow and now you soldiers which is such a beautiful song too I feel like that's also I feel like your music has been so authentic and honest which is It's so important because it makes people feel less alone. And I love that you're doing that. Okay, we have to take one more quick break. But when we come back, I'd love to talk to you about something else you're super passionate about, manifesting. And I'd love to have you walk us through a little exercise around manifestation and meditation, if you don't mind. That and a lot more right after this. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, to live and die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. 
Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I know you're really big on manifesting. I'm trying to get into it. What advice do you have? What tips Ooh, and tricks do you recommend? It. Okay, let's talk about it. Because I'm just getting back into it too. And I did a lot back then. I was like humongous. Do you like wholeheartedly believe in it? Oh my God, 100%. I will tell you some tips. I will tell you guys whatever you want to know about Listen it. Listen up, I, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, it is real. It's real. And But the part of it that is really important to know is that yes you can manifest anything you want but you have to be careful because i think really important is to not just try to manifest things that you want but peace and happiness and joy and the feeling because what you think might make you happy and full of peace and joy might not as it happened for me i was got everything every single thing i wanted except for one thing that i think is still coming but um every What's single coming? thing on this like 20 20 thing list of wild things, things I had no business thinking could be mine. I was like, you know, 31 broke, no reason to believe that I would be successful. And I manifested selling millions of records, being on a tour bus, being presented with plaques, seeing thousands and thousands of people singing my song with like their fists in the air. And I would do these techniques and I'll share one with you right now if you'd like. Let's please. Okay. (laughs) So one of the most important parts about manifesting is how viscerally you have to feel it. It can't just be thinking it. We have to get out of our heads with it. So you're not just thinking what you want. You have to feel what you want. You have to feel it. You have to taste it. You have to see it, smell it, hear it. And most importantly, you have to feel it in your heart. Feel the feeling. That is the most, that is the biggest secret. That's it. How do you do that? Okay, so for instance, um, everyone can do this at home. Is there something, I want you to think of something that you really want right now. You don't have to tell me. Yeah. Okay. And I want you to close your eyes. Okay. And I want you to take a deep breath. And I want you to ground into the earth. Just imagine roots going from the bottom of your feet down through the dirt, soil, rock into the center of the earth. And imagine golden light from the center of the earth coming back up through the bottoms of your feet, through your calves, knees, thighs, hips, stomach, 
this golden light filling your body, filling your chest, your shoulders, down your arms to your fingertips, golden light up through your neck, your jaw, just relaxing as you go. Your cheekbones, your nose, your eyes, your hair, the strands of your hair, your skull, just feeling your whole body flooded with golden light. Take another deep breath. Okay, I want you to imagine that thing that you most, most want in the world right now. And I want you to get a picture of it, not just what it looks like, but what it feels like. What would it feel like if you had that thing right now? How would your heart feel? Would you feel excited? Would you feel giddy? Would you feel like you wanted to burst out and screaming and dance around the room like, ah! Would you feel like you want to hug someone, like you want to celebrate? What calls would you make? What kind of faces would you be, what kind of feeling would you be on your face? And then I want you to get even deeper with the visualization. What would it look like around you if that thing came true? What would the air feel like? What would, what would be physically in your presence? What kind of messages would you see, you'd be seeing on your phone? What kind of things, if it's maybe a dream of performing on a stage, would you see that microphone? Would you, can you see those people in front of you? Really see them. And then what kind of smells would you be smelling at that time? Make it so real. What sounds would you be hearing? Would you be hearing massive applause? Hear that applause, really hear it. And then I want you to put all that together at once in one big burst out to the universe. So right now, you're going to imagine what would it feel like Feel that feeling in your heart of pure joy, fulfillment. What would it sound like? Hear that, whatever the sounds would be. What would it smell like? What would it taste like? What would it look like? And just feel it like every fiber of your being exploding from your heart into the universe like one big cosmic wish. Take a deep breath. And in the exhale, I want you to Burst it out. <sighs> Radiate that out. Okay, now I want you to land back in your body. Feel the floor beneath your feet. Feel the clothes on your body. Relax your jaw. Relax your shoulders. Feel the air through your nostrils and out. And now this is the most important part of manifestation is the absolute faith that you have done your part. You have done what you needed to do. You did your work today. Now it is up to the universe to deliver you like magic what you put out there. And your job is to have absolute faith that you've done your part. And now the last step is the peace and the joy knowing that it's already yours. It doesn't even matter if it comes or not because you already felt the feeling of what it feels like. So you can just relax with it. You can be easy with the whole thing. The dream can have a lighter touch because you already felt like what it felt like. And that's the whole point of getting your dream anyway. Can you write a book? Oh, you have. <laughs> you have read a children's book, by the way. What, how did you, what was the inspiration for the children's book? Well, how was that experience for you, by the way? That, I'm like, I felt it. You did? If it, can you, you, like, should have, like, um, one of those meditation apps just manifesting. <laughs> like a, why do you have a podcast? I don't know. Is it hard? No. If no. I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of tired, momming. You can just record your meditations. Are you kidding? That's kind of Maybe calming. I should. Okay, I'll tell my manager. I'm, I don't really... I share them often with like session, you know, people when I'm in session or I share them with friends or I 
But I, I haven't really done it publicly. It was really fun to get to do that. Maybe I will. I mean, I think it's it's a different <laughs> way to connect with people. That's true. And it's something that I'm really passionate about. Go for Clearly. it. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, my children's book. Yeah. I, I released it last year, right in the beginning of the pandemic. It was so special and also scary to release it then. I mean, it wasn't like a re- it wasn't an album, so there wasn't so much pressure. But it still felt like, oh, wait, this is a baby of mine. Am I giving it the best chance to succeed if I can't go out and promote it? Yeah, I get that. But, but I'm so proud of it. I love it. I actually have one right here. Can I see? see? Yes. I mean, well, I know this is no podcast, one of my so goals. No one one of my goals is trying is going to write a children's book. Oh, you should. You belong. I'll, I'll send you one. Please do. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for inspiration. Oh, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's a, a really whole process and learning about. Mm-hmm. I am just <laughs> so happy that. You are my finale on my podcast, my season two finale. Oh, yeah. good honor. So I manifested season three that we're going to get picked up. Yes. Fingers will. crossed. Let's. It's yours. No, it's yours. It's done. It is. It, it's already as it is. You know, it's, and so it is. That's, that's your belief now. Yeah. Your season three will get picked up. I like that. And keep doing that little visualization. Keep listening to that meditation. I'm just gonna and replay your audio. Do, on like a loop do it. For there's also on you. There's also on YouTube tons of different. If my voice might not be like the no, I like your voice, voice is you. calming. What are you talking about? You but I mean, for anyone for listening, we all have our own tastes and like what vibes True. with us. So maybe you listen to it and you're like, well, that was really a cool process. But like, I would really like to hear an Australian guy saying it. I, you can find it. Yeah. Or like you, can, you know YouTube. You can, you can on YouTube. Yeah, and I also feel like so important with this industry and mentorship and just having like yeah. women to have your back. So I'm so glad that you're on my podcast because I feel oh like, Oh my God, I love getting to know you. You're so cool. I believe in you. Thank you. That means a lot. It really does. I do. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. No, no you didn't. <laughs> no, but it, it's, I think we should all, if you're, if you're listening to this episode and you just want advice, we're here. Reach out. We're here. Exactly. Yeah, reach out to me on Instagram. The one thing I am really good at is responding to messages. I love hearing from people. I'm also doing some TikToks lately, although I've taken a hiatus. Oh, is she a TikTok <laughs> star? Nope, but she's she's learning, folks. <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I'm so glad that we got to do this. You're so welcome. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. You're so inspiring. Oh, thank you. So are you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the season two finale of my podcast. I still can't believe that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Rachel, again, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe and follow me on Instagram. And it's Sammy J. That's I-T-S-S-A-M-M-Y-J-A-Y-E. And don't forget to follow Rachel on all of her socials. It's Rachel Platten. Again, thank you for sticking along with me for two seasons, hopefully to many more. I will see you guys next time. Bye. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. 
how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes nearly 10 million dollars was all gone it's just unbelievable hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.